What do MTV, Game of Thrones, Samsung, Red Bull, and Louis Vuitton have to do with each other? Sit back, relax, and let our new friends from Hot House tell you. All that and more today on the Marketing Mad Men podcast. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Mad Men with Nick Constantino and Trip Job. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job here with um, Nick Constantino. And we're going to keep rolling on our agency theme. I think we got a little different agency yeah, vibe today. Fun. And I think vibe may be one of the key words as we get into. Well, this. we're already so, beatboxing, so yeah. it's definitely gonna be about vibe. <laughs> well, why don't uh, Nick, uh, some friends of yours, why don't you uh, kind of introduce? Uh, uh, we've got Brandon and uh, Nick with us, so yep. uh, so you know we're gonna talk about agencies a little different. This one, these guys both got some uh, interesting stories of how they got where they are, uh, and just the conversations we had in our in our pre-show meeting. Uh, they're approaching this a little bit differently, uh, and they're gunning for people. So this will yeah, be funny. So let this be a warning to the competition uh, and a recruitment for the people looking for an agency. Um, they paid me to say that. Uh, so so uh, let, let's introduce. I want to introduce Nick Skitone. Uh, good. <laughs> and uh, and Brandon like I just like landed in America. Yeah. It's no, a he's skitone. from Omaha. It's a <laughs> I mean, Nick, y'all. Nick Constantino is allowed to say skitone. Like, yeah, you, uh, you are. Uh, and and Brandon Rashawn. So we got um, the chief growth officer for Hot House uh, and the head of creative for Hot House. What's up, what's so up, what's up? so we got the sales guy and the creative guy. Right. And these are always my Ooh, favorite parts yeah. because <laughs> these things never align. Right, uh, and, and so it seems like you guys are on the same page, but we try to get it out of people because most of the times the sales guys got different intentions than the creative right. and the marketing guys. Yeah. So when they do align, and we talk about it in the show all the time, it's the most important part of an agency and business. Like, don't just know the marketing people, know the sales people Evolve. because what their day to day looks like has effects on how the business grows and what marketing matters. Um, so this will be fun. So let's start with with how you guys got where you are, Nick. Um, because you started in music, and I got my background in radio and Live Nation. Um, um, let's start with you. Talk about uh, the previous life and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Um, the music business part was interesting because uh, I got into it because I was actually in a rock band. Uh, I was a singer in a band in Brooklyn, New York. We were crushing it, playing all over New York City. And uh, someone has said, hey, I know this management guy that you need to meet with you need to bring in a demo and uh, so we created the demo walked in it happened to be the management company for Duran Duran really I mean the yeah. biggest they were like the Harry Styles of the day right yeah. and so really big sat down with them they played the demo I was getting along with the manager and I was blown away I was just sitting there the guy goes why don't you come back in he's like I want you to learn more about the business and so from there when I came back in I was interested in it and he offered me an internship. And I was like, oh, this is my way in into the music business. But I was still thinking about getting signed. But what I learned was I really liked the business aspect of it. So I kept asking questions, asking questions. He invited me into meetings. From there, I got a job working for him. And then uh, along the way, you network with other people. I met the manager of John Mellencamp, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp, yeah. and uh, wound up working for him as well. Uh, and that's how the really the music business thing started was I was a musician but then fell in love with the music business yeah. 
and just ask questions and found myself well, in more trouble. Well, networking right? and to ask, yeah, yeah, and it just leads you down a path, right? Exactly. It was just interesting to hear all the dynamics, like how does the band get signed? How does it get promoted? And all these merchandising deals, and I just found myself more business And this was a different, let's just make it clear, this was a different world than what's going on now. I mean, yeah. this just yeah. now, and it, I don't, this is not to badmouth Live Nation, but when you have somebody owning the tickets, the management companies, the venues, oh. the logistics, the merchandise, it's a different experience than what it used to be. I mean, these concerts used to be as grassroots as they came, right? It was usually oh. like the third cousin that was out selling t-shirts on the side, and the roadies were all together. It used to be a much more organic, real thing. I mean, think about the role of a promoter at these venues. There's no concert promoters now. Live Nation acts as that too. Yeah. I mean, you had to grease. I remember. Well, you it, had to go stand in line to get your tickets, your printed out tickets. But, first but, but off. It was just such a, I mean, you know, there were artists that expected. I remember early when I was at Live Nation, I'm not going to name the artist or the things he requested on the writer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it might have been hookers and cocaine. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> oh. and, and like with a straight face. And like, yeah. it's, just a, it's just such a different Four world. Four minutes is all it took. It's just such a different world now. Yeah. It's just such a different <laughs> It's just, such a, it's just such a different world now. So, so all right. So the, let's let's evolve from there. So obviously, you learned a lot in the music industry. You learned yeah. a lot about entertainment, probably sales, all that. Um, let's, so let, let's go through and then, and then what came next, and then how you got into media and to Hot House. Yeah. So the the guy that was managing Duran Duran started up a college entertainment network and said, Hey, I want I want you to come back with me and be the head of programming. And I was in my mid twenties, and I was like, You want me to run music programming for college students? across America, yep. let me go talk to my mom and dad first. Uh, yeah, they said, okay. And so I uh, got into that, and uh, what was great about that experience was he taught me a lot about how to network, how to do deals, because I was doing deals with ESPN, Glamour Magazine, the History Channel, because I was creating content for young adults, but I was also working with the record labels to promote artists. So I got to meet Destiny's Child, Coldplay, John Mayer, Train, you name Matchbox 20, when they all got started. So that was an incredible experience. That that company got sold to MTV, and we became MTVU. Yeah. And so that's how I got myself into MTV, doing all the spring break productions, music tours, and things like that. Uh, and what I had to do as, as part of my role was not only sign the contracts with Sugar Ray and all these different artists to do things with, I had to work with the sponsors. And so I had to so do both sides. Yeah. So I had to, I was the conceptual this seller. Early, this is early, yeah. right? Content marketing was not an established thing. Yeah. You were early in this no. game. What you learned was in order to get the budget, you got to get the budget in terms of selling it to a sponsor. And so yeah. I was the guy that they were like, you need to go on these tours and present to the agencies. And so, and then also to the brand. So I presented to MasterCard, Best Buy, Levi's Jeans, Nintendo. And when you, there's a magic to this for sure that when you're selling an idea, and all of a sudden you're looking at everybody's eyes and they're like, they're going, yes, I love that. What's it called? The Fresh Maker Tour, whatever all these things are. And they're like, all right, I'll give you a million dollars. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, I'm selling people ideas. Now I got to figure yeah. out how to spend a million dollars. And then I was right. like, my God, I'm in my, my mid-20s and I'm selling people million-dollar ideas. So it was just this wonderful experience, this aha moment that you can talk people into ideas. And that was the spirit of uh, MTV which is what ideas will gravitate sponsors to it, but also gain an audience. And that was an exciting factor. So for me to go from MTV to the agency side, yeah. you have to just embrace the idea of being a conceptual seller. Yeah, but you yeah. built all that history, right? You were talking the sexiest of sexy of brands, right? And you're yeah. working with Nintendo and, the, and these large brands. 
it's going to be a lot easier to see it on the level of your work now because you have that experience. And again, like they called it the MTV generation for a reason. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it cannot be yeah. stated how important MTV was to an entire generation of people. And I came up in that generation. Like, yo, MTV Raps was like where I lived. Like that was that was yeah. what, that, that was all I knew. I grew up in that. I mean, once Carson Daly and that, I was out. I was over. It was I was over it. But uh, that MTV original phase of the MTV generation, they called it that for a reason. That's how influential it was. Um, so we'll get into let's, Hot House in a minute. So Trip. let's go from ideas to uh, creating the ideas. All right, and <laughs> right, uh, right, bring right. us back to marketing a little right, bit here, right, Brandon. Right. So. Uh, uh, Brandon O'Shawn, head of creative for Hot House. Give us a little bit yes. of your background. You got a little different uh, it's a, take it, on it. It's funny because it's a different take, but it's kind of the same similar like in inroads. So I actually was also at MTV, but I was on the talent side. Right. So I am um, a third culture kid, meaning I, I'm an American who did not grow up in America. So I was born in Madrid, Spain. My dad was military. And then we moved to Frankfurt, Germany, then Venice, Italy, then Dahran, Saudi Arabia. And I went to boarding school in Cambridge in the UK. When I was there, I got casted for a reality show that was a co-op between like MTV and like BBC and like England, and it just became like talent, and it was super cool. And I represented the American that grew up in Europe, and there was like twelve of us. It was kind of like the precursor to like the real world kind of stuff. Yeah. So back so when it was, was cool. real, back when it was real, <laughs> yeah. it back was super real. real. Believe me, it was yeah. Yeah. it was real. Two, two, <laughs> yeah. two, cam- two cameras, exactly. and right right. Right. Like, like we had no clue what reality TV show, uh, like what it was, and how it was going to go down, because <laughs> we were just all green. Uh, and I was a teenager then, and so I left. I graduated high school, came to the states for the first time when I was nineteen, as a to live. And then in college, my producer was like, "Hey, MTV Real World Reunion Tour is coming to St. Louis. Would you mind? They need like." a host, would you mind hosting? I was like, yeah, sure. So I hosted their show, and the producer was like, man, you're like the best. Would you mind doing it for the rest of the year? And I was like, how much we pay? And they were like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And so as I did that, I was like super cool, realized that uh, I wanted to be uh, a VJ, and they were like, oh, yeah, we can't sell you. Like, what advertiser would buy you? And I was like, so wait a minute. Y'all ain't got the money? Advertisers got the money? Then that's where I need to be. And so that's how I got into advertising, you know, and I went to portfolio school. You know, I got a degree in um, art art direction and design. And then from there, it was kind of like went to New York, had to get like Madison Avenue under my skin. Hated it. Hated agencies. (laughs) (laughs) What was it about? It was too formal, too many You know, because you come from culture. Like, you know, my whole life was culture. And like coming from MTV and then like, you know, rocking with just like music. Now the culture is money Madison Avenue, the culture is money. And that is. And then you're getting put in a box. Absolutely. And then really what I was going into is like the first, I remember the first meeting I had in my first agency as a young creative was for a brand that I loved. was called Lugs. Right. And Lugs was like hip hop culture in the 90s. It was like Snoop and EPMD. And I was like, as a young, you know, hip-hop kid in Saudi Arabia, that's all I knew. The two things that I love was sneakers and hip-hop because that was what I could get in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and so I remember being like, whoa, how like, great is this? My first like real junior art director job is I get to go and work on lugs. And I walk in this room, and like, I'm seeing like Snoop and everybody up, and I'm like, oh, I've hit the Mecca. And then like eight old Jewish white dudes walk in. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. And they start the meeting, and I was like, where are the black folks at? Yeah, but you were in cro- you were in crossover time. You I was the time when you were. I'm, I'm guessing this was right around after the the West Coast had their run. Snoop and Dre, you came right? back East Coast. You had Woo, you had Biggie, and right? Everybody. everybody. Was so that was all of a sudden when the record label started investing on it. Right. They took everything over. And exactly. They, yeah. And so they came in, and I was like thinking, like, you know, we're, we're getting ready to rechange the brand, and I was like, well, I get to be the voice and the face of this new thing. Yeah. And like, so yeah, MTV, right? And I was like, uh huh. They're like, so Jackass. 
this guy named Steve-O. Oh. We want you to go meet with him. We're going to try to do a deal there. And I was like, oh, Lord, we appropriate culture here. We don't make it. Oh, what did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. And and that, that, was, that, was, that, was happen, that was happening yeah. a lot at that time, though. That, right? that Mid-late mid, 90s, right? there was so much money being invested. It was so long before the actual the, the black people got the power. Exactly. And, and it swung. It started swinging in the mid-2000s when people figured out they were getting a bad rap. It was 100%. Uh, but, but in that time, I mean, you're looking at Arista, Def Jam, all those guys. All it took them. a little while before. All they, of them. Once yeah. they got their subsidiary labels. We had, um, it's funny, it, I'm thinking about Rich. When Rich was on, we had Rich Dollars on. He worked for Diddy for a while and he yep. was on reality TV yep. also yep. Uh, so we had a similar story so that's pretty funny yeah no, it's, and it's changed a lot so one of the things we're gonna we're in a break here in a minute but when we come back let's uh, let's bring it to today and let's, let's bring it, it to Atlanta come on so think about it uh, when we get back we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about Atlanta today so you're listening to the marketing Mad Men on extra one tonight in Arkansas there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light a business owner is burning the midnight oil an at-home dinner date is plating up possibility and it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. 6.3. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick Constantino here. And uh, we've got our guest uh, today, Nick Chatone and Brandon Roshan. Chatone. Eh? All right. Well, hey, we My we're, mom would be proud. Right? Yes. Well, we were talking about, obviously, your background, yeah. uh, both of yours, and, uh, you know, a lot of things uh, going on, both from the agency side and then uh, the music side. So let's, let's bring it to Atlanta today. I mean, all right, let's fast forward, uh, yeah. you know, 20 years sure. or what it's been. And, um, you know, what are your perceptions? What, uh, Give, sure. give us yeah, a, Brent, a I'm sense of what sure. you just fresh from LA, right? Fresh, yeah. fresh off the plane from LA. Like I've been here like seven months. I think Atlanta is. I think people sleeping on Atlanta. Like you know, I was in LA running Red Bull for like the last eight years, and like LA had this just like bloom, boom, because it was like Silicon Beach, and it was like this merger of like tech and entertainment and big brands. And I was like, that's cool, but I felt like it was it was just doing the same thing. And I was like, where is the hot? Where's the hot spot that's getting ready to pop? And so I looked for like things that were like making culture that no one mm-hmm. is talking about, but it's like the subculture is so deep and so yeah. dope. I was like, where's the real Wakanda at? Yeah. And I was like, it's in Atlanta. Atlanta is full of creators. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is very different than a creative. Yep. LA is full of creatives, right? <laughs> They're selling ideas. I got an idea. I got an right. idea. I got an idea. Can you do a bite? What a bite? What a bite? Right. Atlanta. They're making it. They're making it. Yeah. It's like, yo, I got an idea. I made it. Let me show it to you today. Yeah. And I was like, you want to be around, a creator wants to be around other creators uh, to I figure out what do we, like, what Incubate, can we do together. Right? But I also yeah, think exactly. there needs to be more people buying here. If that's oh, the yes. Case. Because yeah. one of the things about LA, everyone's creatives, but there are people looking to buy there. Looking to buy. Decisions yeah. are being made there. Right. One of, most of the creators that yes. I interact with, you're talking, you still think it's 99% aren't making it because there's not enough people here buying that exactly. content. Exactly. And again, I think it's also, everyone's like, oh, we want authenticity, but people right. don't have a freaking no. clue what that authenticity <laughs> no, looks no, like. not at all. So, 
you you have it here being created. Yes. And, and it is not enough people here to buy it. And again, it's because yes. a lot of those decisions still be made in New York, yeah, exactly. still be made in L.A. And really, exactly. no offense, nowhere else. For sure. I mean, they may be made yeah. in New York and LA. Atlanta yeah. probably is a close third to yeah. those guys. But you're still talking 90% of the decisions yeah. are being made in L.A. And New but York. that's why Atlanta right. got to boss up. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and then Chicago <laughs> from CPG. Yeah, but, if, yeah, until but, but, it, out, but until that. Until you figure out, like, yo... It's like Snoop said it best. Like, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So we can have all the cool things here. We can have production in the studios like what Tyler did. And that's amazing. So you're bringing people here to produce things and to make things. But if you're not having more incentives like we were talking about to where, like, do like Detroit did with Dan Gilbert and being like, yo, if you are going to come and get the incentives and the tax breaks that we are doing to build this city and you're not bringing your company here, then really you're using us. Yeah. And we get in the mentality of, like, users instead of builders. So what happens, what you have to do is say, yo, I got to put my southern charm to the side a little bit yeah. and get my southern swag and say, yo, it's created here, so therefore you got to make your money here and keep the money here. That's a, yo, right, you're that, not just coming in because the houses exactly, are still at the price. Yeah. You're not coming because the lifestyle is yes. easier. You're coming in because you're going to build roots here. You're going to set up infrastructure yes. here. Because honestly, like this, the, the Northeast is not growing. No. The Detroit no. is not growing the no. Midwest. They're, down here, the Sun it's Belt just, is what's growing. What's growing so right? if it's growing, then wouldn't you want – and Atlanta has become the cultural hub yep. of the Southeast. You know, Texas yep. is its own weird freaking thing. But, once you get over there, <laughs> it starts getting weird. Uh, but I, you know what? I'll tell you right now, that's going to change. Once yep. Texas becomes part of the SEC and Oklahoma becomes yeah. – and it creeps over here, you're going to see more overlap than yeah. you and I don't want to mean sports is the end all yeah, deal, sure, but, but it, sports connects so well, yeah, it's much. Part of the culture. Culture. It's one of the biggest pillars about. in culture. Sure. Media, music, sports, yeah. fashion, and like lifestyles. For sure. And so we know we look at brands and we're building brands and we're building like, as we're building companies. And those are the pillars of culture that you always must align to. Yeah. And if we don't figure out as marketers and branders, like which one are we going to align, put our like hitch our wagon yep. to, then you're you're gonna die. Yeah. And so I think Atlanta has a problem. With being like this thing of like marketing and advertising, once again, in the marketing world and advertising, what I'm seeing in Atlanta is it's super like, yo, we just want to do what we can do for you. Instead of having an opinion with create tours and saying, this is what you need because we understand how to push culture forward yeah. and create it. So, so yeah. my personal opinion from what I've seen is it is over-reliant on academics and theory and not people that are in the street doing right. this. Thank you. Most people, yeah. I mean, you come, and this is not only in New York thing. You come from New York. Your hands are dirty. Thank you. You're in the freaking fire. You're Thank all the you. time because you know why? If you don't Thank do your you. job, there's 100 people behind you that are going to kick you the hell out of there to get you there. Right? And I'm not saying that doesn't happen here, but I'm saying a lot of this is run by theorists yes. and academics and people who are putting posting theory, but they're not in the yeah, line of yeah, fire. You ain't doing it every day. You're not you ain't in the line of fire. Day, yeah. So it makes it a much different experience. I would also say Atlanta is 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 lacking an identity. Yeah. Uh, I think that you know you talk about Detroit. Detroit will go down in this wor- in the history of the world as one of the top twenty cities ever because of automa- automotive. Oh, man, made because it. of cars. Because of what sense. it was. The, yes. the city that was the center point of the yes. world for a while. Yes. I think Atlanta is still trying to come into its own, and I think sometimes the policies of uh, the governor and just mm-hmm. the, are making it so they want everybody. They want yes. everybody, but they're not honing in on what it is because as important as movies are music comes through Atlanta it doesn't matter if it's country right. music or hip hop oh, we're it's just coming talking about it. sports I mean you sports. Know, are we we got look we got part of the World Cup we got come obviously on. we got the first national title game we're going to have the semifinal the next year everything I mean, and it's big business but it blew great. up with the Olympics like right. think about what exactly. Atlanta like, got on the map but you're, you're right but think <laughs> I mean, about what Atlanta and that's something we can offer <laughs> yes. yet at the yes. same time I think we, we bow to the institutions yep. sometimes all the you time. know, with these, I think all the time because we get a, we are, we're afraid to to go out there and have an opinion, 
and said, yo, we're going to ruffle some feathers. Where you said New York, L.A., I'm here to ruffle. Viva la revolution. Care, right? <laughs> and so I always talk to the team. I'm like, yeah. don't practice economics, practice hoodonomics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you got to figure yeah, you gotta, out how to infiltrate you gotta, you gotta, it to You got to see the hood to know that. You got that. You got to see the hood. From the hills to the hood. You got like, to see the, see the, the hood to do that. And I was, in there I was born in Queens in the 90s. The 80s and 90s. I grew up listening to how I was in the and hood is not the word, but, you know, you got to be in somewhere where you got to keep your head on a swivel. You got to walk around. Someone's going behind you. And, you know, Nick, as we're two Nicks here from New York, from Brooklyn, Queens, you know, talk a little bit. What do you think about? What do you think about Atlanta? What do you think about, you know, having the experience of the music industry, the music, the sports, the movies? Talk about what's going on and how that helps you guys with Hot House, and then we'll segue over to talk a little bit about Hot House. Yeah, there's definitely a vibe here, an untapped vibe that people aren't leaning into. And I think it's funny, you know, we talk about the advertising industries, even brands are starting to think about themselves as being media companies, right? Coca-Cola, they're trying to tap into yeah. culture. I mean, no one did it better they're, than Red Bull. I mean, yeah, they're thinking about creating content too. It's not just about advertising to the consumer. So this city just has a special vibe to it. Um, in my role as a salesperson, which I'm going to call myself more as a connector, uh, I connect with a Everybody lot of people. Everybody selling something, bro. Yeah, but Everybody selling something. But, but when I connect with a lot of people, there's this like untapped potential. You feel it. There's a surprise and delight in meeting people going, oh, they want to create some magic. And so there are some brands here that want to take it to the next level. There's so many people here that want to take it to the next level. There's hustlers in this city for sure. Yeah. So well. I think right now we, we, we lean towards New York and L.A. as the places where the decisions get made. But I think there's something happening in this city that is very special. The people that are coming here, they're going to reframe the city, reframe what the industry should yeah. look like. I think it's generational too, right? Yeah, it's, I think sure. it's a, the changing oh, and, of the guard and, is inevitable, yeah. and I and think are it's we happening. On the cusp. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk about you know the the broadcast media and mm. the cable. I mean, with mm-hmm. Don Lemon, with mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson, and yeah. now they're starting to explore. And hey, I, let's use social media. Yes, let's use other things. Yes. And I think. That whole broadcast media may be on the on the way out. Mm-hmm. And is there a chance for for either groups or individuals to really yes, blow that absolutely. up here in Atlanta? Absolutely. I mean, it's always like, creators are always the ones that next make the next thing happen, right? We saw it happen with radio to TV. Then when we went from TV now to like OTT and streaming, so everyone's like only the creators are going to figure that out. Marketers and academics are not because you got to sit there. There's a difference between an entrepreneur and a hustler. An entrepreneur looks for opportunities to then go and exploit. Yep. A hustler will create them. Well, and I think the best yep. thing here is this is what I always talk about was the data versus the creative, mm-hmm. right? Data has got to influence what you do every day. every day. But data doesn't tell the story. There you you don't make brand loyalty. Nope. You don't drive emotions with data. Nope. you got to have a feel for what it is that's go. driving things forward. If you don't have that feel, then you're just a data yep. scientist. Exactly. And there's nothing against that. But brands that are just data scientists do not succeed. And right. most cases, the brand that they've built goes downward when they start becoming exactly. over-reliant on data. But that's also because the, the data analysis analysts they're bringing in don't have like these dope experiences they're not diverse enough sure because like i need a kid you know a kid who grew up in queens next to a kid who yeah. grew up in compton to be data analysts to then see what's coming in and then bring the soul to right it's that it's that really it's that insane. intersection yeah. of creativity and analytics yes. if you can be both those things that's where you're going to succeed in marketing yes. and we're not breeding people that way no right you have to be that way we're not when you we're doing marketing live, you classes you have to live some of it i'm sorry but a 24 to. year old mit grad yeah hey they can look at the binary numbers, and that's it, but they don't understand. How do you exactly. relate? Exactly. So right. that's why I think we always talk about these generational things, like put like Gen Z and Gen X and all that. I'm like, it's all about soul. It's about wisdom. You know, my mama and my grandmama and my aunties and my grandpa, they taught me some great stuff without knowing anything that I know. And so all I do is I take that wisdom and that information and then I apply it to what's happening today because nothing is original. 
everything mm. is just copped and then figured out how to be remixed and recreated to then become fresh but familiar. Right. Right. And so when we start, and to I think do we're getting that, to fatigue on that. If I'm being honest, look, I think we have gone to the point of fatigue of the rewriting and remaking. And look, everything is its core. Yeah. Movies have not changed in in a hundred years. But I think you can look at just Marvel movies. Yes. and the fatigue is starting to set in. Am I good? Sure. Great. Can we but have some original concepts? That's why yeah. I said fresh but familiar, not just remake. Familiar is the word. The familiar. Right. Familiar is the word. People, if you go too far out to try something brand brand right. new, it'll break the system. We, we as human beings aren't created that way. Yeah. Our brain is made to look yes. for patterns. I, I completely So agree. as a creator, what we do, and especially as an advertiser, what all we are really is manipulators, is my job is to figure out the pattern. And once I figure out the pattern, then how do I bring the story in to unlock yeah. the familiarity in the and pattern? Some, in and some way. are better than others, right? Like, 100%. so for example, uh, I got little kids, we're talking about this. So, yes. Disney, right? Every Disney movie is the oh. same. Doesn't mean the first time I watch it, I'm yeah. not in tears no, like a baby exactly. on the thing. I saw Inside Out for the first time with yeah. my kids, and my goodness, they're looking at me like, Daddy, what the hell's wrong yes. with you? I was like, bawling. I was like, right? oh my God, right. I can't believe right. she figured out that Santa's is the key to happiness. <laughs> and like, my kids are looking like, what's wrong with you? But Disney figured it out. Yeah. They're, right, they're yeah. telling the same, story the same story since 1930. The same story is being told. But it's the they same stuff that bit. Plato said. We talk about it in yeah. Greek. It's what Plato, it's what Aristotle said. It's all the same well, stuff. Let's take it back to the advertising world, right? Okay. You have, people don't want to be advertised to, right? right. They want to be yeah. entertained. And so Brandon talks about this a lot at Hot House where you now have an audience that knows what's coming if you're sending a message to them, but you want to still be real enough and st have this stopping power where they look at it and go, what is this about? I want to know what, what this brand is about. So today, it's all about how can you create entertainment in a way that doesn't feel abitorial. Yep. It seems authentic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's genuine. There's a surprise and delight factor to yep. it as well. And so people are too rational, especially when it comes to this world. We, we, we think creative is precious. But what we're doing is putting messages out there to see what resonates. Sure. And I think right now we have this business culture of, well, we got to make sure it's got to be absolutely perfect in order to test it. And it should be no. We have a couple of hypotheses that are responsible. We're gonna we're gonna make sure it's grounded in something. Sure, we'll test let's, it. Let's see how yeah. it resonates in the audience. And by the way, let it go. <laughs> Sometimes you <laughs> can be irreverent, and I think yeah, one of the greatest go. examples is Popcorners yeah. with Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that was beautiful. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it is is so stupid, yet it relates. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and you can get yeah. it. Right, Absolutely. and there was—I think—the creative on it was well done. Yeah, we have to, you gotta be willing to take playing. risks. You gotta be willing to take risks. One of the, yeah. I, I agree with you, Nick, but I also think that there's also a, a generational thing here, right? The the instant gratification that is required by a new generation, sure. and we saw For this sure. at Live Nation. For we talk sure. about it all the time. Sure. You almost have to trick people into thinking it's marketing. Yeah. However, yeah. there's still an audience out there. Like we we when we do our events, one of the reasons our clients yeah. like our events is because our our people are used to advertisers. Mm -hmm. They understand they get their content for free because of the advertisers, so they'll over engage. They'll go and talk For to sure. every single person yeah. there. I think at its core, it's still about good content. Yes. If you are making saying, good we content, we got to be better advertisers. If we are making good content, and then you are making sure your advertisers fit the content, because that's mm -hmm. one of the things here. We have a very high barrier to entry, right? We're not taking Viagra, yeah, we're yeah. not taking strip yeah, clubs. Yeah. And here's the reason: if you're listening to a Braves game with your kid, you really want to explain that's to your right? kid, Daddy, why are they talking about Magic City? Right? Exactly. Like, do you really want to have exactly. that conversation? Exactly. You're probably not. So we're all we, money we're, ain't good money. We're aligning content <laughs> with it. We make everything in house. We don't have any national advertisers bringing audio on. Mm -hmm. I, I think Red Bull, given that sure. Brandon came there, is doing a great because. They're, they're not advertising. They've created a lifestyle. For sure. 
You know, when you think about Red Bull, all their associations in sports and all these things that they're a part of, people feel a brand. They're wearing their merchandise. Right. Paying yeah. for their merchandise. Paying, right. paying, paying for their merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. People wear merch it. paying for merchandise. I just, a lot came, of money I just came back from the Miami Formula One race, mm-hmm. and everyone's wearing Red Bull because they're the dominant team. Mm-hmm. And everyone forgets they're actually a brand right. that sells a beverage. Right. right. Yeah. And they may so, not even drink Red Bull, and they're still wearing it. So they're still yeah. spreading the advertising right. for them. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. So there's brand get, love and there's can love, and that's okay. They got F1. They've got soccer. They've got um, you know the extreme sports. I mean, yep. we got yeah. music. We have yeah. film. Rebel TV. Rebel TV so is the best. So it's about, just a guy so running. What about Hot House? Let's talk a little bit about yeah. where where you've kind of taken your path. Yeah. So I, I think the beauty of Hot House is the way it started was a it was a promotional agency started by John Katinsky. He came from Nike. He came from Turner Sports. I joined him because I came from the entertainment side. The irony was I was selling entertainment to the entertainment brands. Because the, instead of selling tune-in to shows like Game of Thrones, I was selling entertainment engagement strategies of, hey, how can we create a gamification experience mm-hmm. and things like that to get people interested in Game of Thrones? Right. Again, blending the line between content and advertising. Yeah, we were creating like, you know, throwing yourself on Facebook when it was like a new thing, like here's a way to upload your image. Now you're right. sitting on the throne, right. polls, mm-hmm. all these things. And it became very interactive. Uh, and then over time, what we we realized as people started to join the agency from different backgrounds, including traditional agencies, when we started diversifying our portfolio to, to work with brands like Mercedes-Benz, Deloitte, and others, what I found was they loved our entertainment heritage. They loved that I put HBO's Game of Thrones as one of the examples of what we do as an agency. And a guy from Deloitte was like, I'm going to stop you right there and say, I want to work with the agency that works with HBO's Game of Thrones. And I was like, wow. I'm not selling cultural phenomenon because they saw something, a brand like Deloitte to say, I want some of that magic. There's a lot of entertainment involved with creativity. So when we brought Brandon on board and this guy is a creative soul, like right here, what's special about our now to next is the idea that we're looking at creativity more from an entertainment perspective that yes, yes, the brands, their business has to grow. It has to be responsible but there's a creativity to it. There's a human soul to it that people will connect to it, kind of like the Red Bull magic, right? There's ways to do that for brands that says it doesn't have to be as precious. Let it out there. Let other people take control of the brand too. So we want to to advise brands to say, take some risks, be bold, be brave. And we now have done it by bringing Brandon on board. He's been with us, what, for five weeks or so? Five weeks, my fifth oh, week. Oh, wow. Fresh oh, <laughs> uh, the gills are there. Yeah, and so we we built a very special agency, uh, but we've been in stealth mode. Yeah. And now with Brandon, we're about to let everything out there to say, here's who we are. We want you to see what we see cool. and take chances. Let, let's get into the weeds a little bit. Talk about the creative approach. Talk about I'm a new client. You're meeting with a client for the first time. They're in. Right. Deloitte said, yes, Game of Thrones. What's the next step? What, what are you meeting with? Who are you meeting with? CMOs. What is the process? What is the data? What does the customer needs analysis look like? And then how do you take that to the real world product? Talk about it, because I think it's important to go over just that, you yeah. know, this, people think this is like an overnight thing. Someone has a great yeah. idea and you just do it. Uh, that's not how it works. So talk about that, that process. Yeah, I mean, think about the state of the brands today. Uh, the CMO is up all night because he's looking at data, data, data. He also has an in-house agency. Right. So he he already has a team of marketers doing things. Our job is to say, okay, what are the ideas that you've thought about but don't have the bandwidth or capability to do? Give them to me. Let us let us flesh that out. Let us plus that up. And let's also give you what's next. Let us give you ideas that you haven't even thought about, because when you're in your rooms and everyone's talking to themselves, 
you might have missed a few things. Yeah. So for us, it's about bringing something new, a fresh perspective that when they see it, they're going to be like, wow, I haven't thought about that before. Yeah, you're outside the bell it. curve. They're so conditioned mm-hmm. that the bell curve, instead of the 80, they're, yep. they're in the 40, yep. mid 40, yep. 20, plus or yep. minus 20 on either side. Exactly. We're actually pitching a brand today where we already talked about this and said, what are the other agencies going to give them? They're going to give them this and this. Let's not give them that. Let's give them something different. So the deck that Brandon and his team are putting together today, so magic. It is so magical. I love it. They might not want to do it, but they'll think about it. Yeah. They'll be like, wow. And at worst, if worst comes to worst, they got some competitors that that might do it. So yeah. So I always say the idea is transcendent, right? An idea. And I tell people like in meetings, I'll be like, look, this idea, if you don't buy it, somebody else will because those ideas translate. And I'm not exactly. saying it's not, it's not a threat to somebody, no. but when you come up with a good idea, yeah. a good idea can be tweaked anything. The idea is what's important. How mm-hmm. you implement it for clients can change. Mm-hmm. But so like at worst, you have an idea, they exactly. say no, well, they're going to be pissed off I'm when gonna, their client says okay, no. So I'm going to end, with this. This I'm this end with this piece. Okay. We celebrate in our society people that are bold, right? You think about the names, yep. the celebrities that are out there. They were bold. They took risks mm-hmm. and chances. Why is it that brands can't do the same? And so I think if we're well, thinking about how brands could be a little bit more bold in their ways of doing things, always responsible. So how do you handle that? Would be the way forward for and for you. You know, I spent mm-hmm. twenty five years on the other side, uh, working with agencies, mm-hmm. yeah. but um, I've seen it many, many times. How do you deal with someone who says, "Ah, I like the idea," and then they want to order it down so much? <laughs> so talk about that from your perspective. Well, sure. I think as a, from a creative side, you know. I mean, I've worked on some of the dopest brands and led some of the dopest brands, right? So Red Bull is one of them. Samsung, I, used to, I was the global creative director for Samsung and brought Samsung to the pop culture brand that it is today. And before that, in Paris, I launched Coke Zero to the world with Coke here. And then I was creative director of Louis Vuitton and figured out how Louis Vuitton was going to go from, like, what it was to, like, how do you break culture? So every time you pitch clients, clients always water it down. Because what Nick said, clients don't understand bravery because what they're thinking about are shareholders, Mm-hmm. Right, they're thinking about their job. They're thinking about their next. Like, well, my, is this going to affect my bonus? Is this when you get a real marketer who is like, I understand the power of culture. I understand the power if my brand connects to people. We got to do things that is just a little left of center that's going to rattle it a little bit to then move the whole industry forward. So when he, when, a, when a client waters it down, you're like, cool, great. We listen. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. So what a good agency does and a good creative team and a good team. We listen and we say, I hear what you're saying, but if we build a North Star with you as your brand, I'm just going to regurgitate back to when you're scared, remember what you said when you were brave. As long as we go back to where we're being brave, as long as we're hitting the mark, right, no matter what it is, is it on brief? Now, just because you are afraid of it, as long as we do no harm to the brand or its people, can we do anything that will push the brand forward? So when you want to water something down, if I gave you some coffee and I put some water in it and you went to Starbucks, you would give it back to them. Correct. <laughs> or if you went and got some whiskey yeah. and they put like you got, you know, some some ripple, you know, you got some Rip Van Winkle and they put some water in it. You'd be like, um, I need my money back. So why don't we hold the advertising and the idea and the creative just as precious and be like, no, nah, man, this is what you, you come. You come to us. 
be prepared because sure. we don't water it down. We'll make it better and tweak it, yeah. not to make you comfortable, to make it more right. And, and again, and, you have and best just, practices and you, impl- you yes. scalability is important. If you're going to make it something small, does it have the ability to scale up? Because that's, that's a common thing. But right? it's an idea. It doesn't matter the right, idea. But, but you're building it with a future that's a future plan <laughs> yes. to scale up. Stay true to the core of the brand. Yes. 25 years ago, we were leading um, you know, Nina Paper and the Classic Comps. Mm-hmm. We did the first. Uh, Actual insert, cover paper and graphic okay. design USA, com- wow. communication arts. First one was straightforward, color, da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. worked out great. The second one was a biker leather, completely tatted up, mm. totally pierced, mm-hmm. tatted up, whatever. Again, insert. We got a lot of grief, yeah. but we did no harm. And guess right. what? We got a lot of, it stayed true to the brand. It was about color. It was about performance. Exactly. And, yeah, there were a few little issues. Right, but, but, the, but think about when the, the Colin Kaepernick thing. Yeah. Right. And like when Nike came out and was like, blow, we're going to do it. And like the stock dropped and everyone was like burning Nikes. And then three days later, they're still talking so about it now. Stock blew they're up still, ta- the they're still talking about it now. Because what Nike does, what they understand as a brand is you stay true to the purpose and the platform yeah. that we are about. It doesn't yeah. matter what and there's more. And there's and more to it. And don't waffle. Because when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about waffling right now. There's more to it than the game, There's more to it than the game. And that's what Nike, they take it out of the game. Jordan Brand was taking Jordan out of the game, and it's still working today for a reason. So sometimes you got to separate yourself. you got to be at arm's length from what the core of what you do is to take those risks and succeed. All right. So great discussion. We're going to come back. we got one more segment and a lot of fun to talk about. You're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3, and we'll be right back. Spring is here, and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Nick uh, Constantino here. You know, we were just talking during the break a little bit about, hey, how, do, how does all this add up? Yeah, I, I think let's call it subtract up because here's where we get to the big problem. All right. So you get to this point. I love the brand messaging, right? I mean, I, you know, we deal with clients. They've spent 20 years building a brand. You get a lot of digital agencies that are running in trying to capitalize on that by saying they're doing so much for them. But when you're talking brand and you have this great idea, what happens when the CMO or the client come back and says, how are we going to measure this? Because KPIs, first of all, they piss me off. Let's just throw it out there. Because if somebody met with me and told me what my KPIs were, I'd throw my shoe at them and then I'd kick them out of my office because they're my KPIs. They're what important to me. So what when you meet with these clients, when this has to get to that nitty gritty, how do you walk them through the these are the metrics to which this success looks like or you're looking at the wrong thing? How do you handle that conversation? Yeah, our job is to reframe the narrative if we could in a conversation. So it's not about the project. It's about an ambition. Right. And so if we ask the right questions, all of a sudden we're not talking about KPIs. We're talking about expectations. Think about, again, the brand and the CMO. He's not only or she, of course, she um, they're thinking about, yes, our brand has to deliver on something. But I want our brand to be relevant today. 
I want employees to stay. I want partners to see us as the ideal partner. I want stakeholders, customers. There's so many people involved, so it really becomes more about expectations. Well, that's the and the great question on that is, what does success look like? Yeah, success could be KPIs, depending on what you're mm-hmm. doing. But in your case, it's the brand. What does I, success I some look of it like? Is, some of it is absolutely could be touchy feely because yeah. we've created things that people are just so excited to see it and go, "Wow, this is going to change what our company looks like and feels like and talks like." So there's that piece. Can we measure that? Yes, that that could be a KPI. Uh, Another one is, hey, let's just test this. If you use the word test, we're basically saying we're not going to be irresponsible and take all of your budget. Let's do something with it and see what magic it creates in the marketplace. So can we at least take a little bit of risk? So, again, managing expectations. Test and So if it's all about performance marketing, how many times have you seen a car ad and said, hold on, i got to buy this car right now? It doesn't work that way. So I think brand building is so important that it's our job to reframe the narrative. You came to me with a project ask, but let's reframe this to see what is the brand ambition. Yeah. If we understand what your brand ambition is and we can see a whole 360 way of looking at things, yeah. we're going to plus this up and bring it to next in a way that you haven't seen it yeah, before. Yeah, you're talking yeah. emotional connection. I think it's similar. We, we're not selling radio on metrics and KPIs. We're selling it the sports model. This is a sexy idea. You love the Braves. Let's get you involved with the Braves. You, you're a Georgia Bulldog alumni. Let's get you in there. So you don't have to pay a million dollars for Georgia, but you're coming in the back door through us who have these rights in this intellectual property. If you speak that language and they get it from the beginning, they're going to be long-term partners because they understand that emotional connection and they understand that you can't quantify, you cannot quantify what being a Braves fan does sure. to your brand placement. Yep, it's in, sure. If you can't quantify it, if, if you see someone says, I, you know, a Braves advertiser, you think they're going to care about a 15% premium that you're charging for that? There's no chance. So right. playing off the emotional thing now, when you meet with people, what would you say your success rate is? How many people get it and how many people are like, no, we need, we need metrics. We need success. What are you running at when you're out there? Are, are you closing deals right and left? Is it still that, that blockade is still there? What are you running into on the streets? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been at Hot House for 19 years, and I've always taken a qualitative approach. Uh, we've been very selective about who we pursue business ideas and, and relationships with. Uh, so the ratio has been, thankfully, uh, greater than I thought it would be, maybe 50% plus in terms of talking to the right people, uh, playing the long game, too. I'm not selling you and then saying, okay, you're not buying from me today. Bye-bye. We recently signed a client that literally we pitched them two years ago. We lost it. And I said, I wish you nothing but the best. She moved on to a different role. I said, congratulations, would love to catch up. Never salesy. It was more about playing the long game and just showcasing value. And she was like, you're always reaching out to me with really nice thought starters and ideas. We now are working with them. So the success rate isn't just I swung and I missed and it's gone. Five years, 20, 10, eight, maybe eight years. It's not transactional. So if I'm a good human, if I'm a good human, then I will stay in touch with you. Yeah. And so I look at my success If you represent rate. a good brand that has good values, you love what you sell, you know that there's value there, then yeah. that's the thing. I think a lot of people are stuck in the sales roles where they're selling things they don't care about, they don't believe in, and then you become aggressive and annoying. If, if I was an actual salesperson, I would be soulless in my job. I would, I would hate it mm. because I cannot hit quotas and things like yeah. that. But if we're all looking at ourselves as being connectors and just connecting with people and being there when you need us, or if I can create that magic and say, you need us, uh, then that's the great way of creating relationships Relationships moving forward in this day and age. Yeah, and I people think don't want to be sold to. No one wants to be sold to. Oh, I think that's great advice, though, for people coming up. So let's let's take it over to the creative side, Brandon. <laughs> what, what advice do you have What's, you know, from your experience? 
I think for me, it was it's always been be authentic, be brave, be audacious, mm. and be smart, right? Like I think so many times we as creators and creatives are too afraid to be our authentic self because we think a client is not going to want us or trying to guess what someone else wants instead of being your full self, right? Hamlet, this above all, to thine own self be true. And when you move in that sphere as a creator and a creative and a person who's run shops and runs brands, you can't be afraid to be vulnerable at all times, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be able to sit there and say, this is my thought and this is what I believe and this is what I believe it's going to do for you. And so my best advice I would give all of my mentees and people I talk to is as you're doing this, you have to write your own story. You can't try to be a marketer or an advertiser the way advertising is supposed to be. You come into this industry to figure out how to break it. Understand the rules first of how the game is played. Then if you are the baddest person in the room, you will take those same skills of understanding the game and then add something to it. And by doing that, that creativity, that uniqueness, that boldness will show up in beautiful ways and clients will eat it. And, and I think even more so nowadays, COVID sped this whole process up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The, the the lines of radio to TV that we talked about are being blurred so much faster nowadays. Exactly. I mean, the tech, even what, you know, this is a great chat GPT, what that is going to do to copywriting and creativity. And it's just moving at such yes. a pace where if you're not audacious and you're not pushing, right. you're going to get left behind exactly. quickly. And like, how do you take an old property to the new realm? And how many have done a good job and how many have done a bad job? You know, you compare the magazine and the newspapers to what some some TV stations yeah. and and it's just it, everything is changing at such yeah. a fast pace that I think that audacity and that push and that boldness has to be there but at the same time you have to be grounded sure. because you can't you come be across can't come brand. across as cocky yeah. you can't come yeah. across in a meeting yeah. as I know it all because yeah. people yeah. also they might not want to be sold but they want to be wooed they want to yeah. feel like they're important so if you if you just come out with that brashness and that boldness it's about hey what is it you are trying to accomplish? Yes. Let me tell you my thought process and how I think this fits in. And then you make it there. Exactly. Make them the ones sure. that came up with the idea. For sure. My always. job is not to be an idea guy. My job is to convince you that it's exactly. your idea. And then exactly. that's when you see success. So I think these, these things. Or it's not even to convince them it's your idea, it's show them that it was your exactly. idea. All that's I a did nicer was way of I saying brought, it. I'm convincing them. I brought my Persuaded. fluencies and my talent right. to the table, and together we collaborated. Right. We created this that's together. Right. I, I did my part. I understand, I understand the core of your brand. Uh-huh. I understand what you're trying to get. Yes. And I'm peeling things back to to take it maybe exactly. in a different direction, to open it up right. to, to audiences that you, you don't did, have. Right. Booker T. Washington yeah. said it best. Excellence is to do a common thing in an uncommon way. Yeah. Right? And so what we do as creators and brand stewards is we is for us to go in and listen to our clients and really listen with our head, heart, and hand yeah. and say, okay, I truly understand. So my job, Nick's job, and our agency's job is to then take all of that information and then start to go and mind and find things that maybe they're not listening to or they're not even looking at. So, so we see where you are now, and it's beautiful. And then, like you said, figure out what is right. the expectation. So how do we get you to next? Yeah. So Nick and Brandon, fantastic for the show. We're going to wrap up here, but we're going to keep on in the podcast. Yeah, we're going to have some um, fun stories now. Yeah, so, uh, we, can thank- go R, we can go R-rated, so I'm <laughs> right. happy that we, t- we timed this just All right. right. So thanks, Hot House, for joining us on the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be back next week.
All right, let's let's keep it going. Let's Go talk a little fun. bit about have a little fun. fun all right, so all right, some things that are. Uh, you know, mm. give, let's give us uh, something uh, maybe maybe recent. Uh, let's don't go back too far, but uh, no, let's go yes, back to all the way back. Let's tell a good story. Let's tell right. a good story. Either a good story of a campaign that turned out like you, you didn't expect it to, or hey, man, I was at fucking cons, and man, you sure. should have seen this party. Uh, whatever, whatever it is, okay. uh, we'll leave it up to you guys, and we'll just keep going. Cool, I love it. We'll we'll keep going. I've got an MTV story and then a Do hot it. house story. There right. you go. That's perfect. Let's go. Just dive in. That's perfect. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's MTV. Triple, triple, All right. triple, so you want to bring us back? Or okay. Yeah. Bring us back and then we'll go. Okay. All right. Welcome back to the Mark Andy Mad Men podcast with uh, Nick Constantino and Trip Job. We've got our uh, good guest here from uh, Hot House and uh, Nick and Brandon. Well, we're going to have a little bit of fun. So let's uh, <laughs> let's dive into uh, some stories. Stories. <laughs> stories. Stories. And we're podcasting, so we can, have, we can tell some real stories so this here. This is after dark. This is it. <laughs> we, we turn the curtain. So I'll, go, I'll bring it back to my music business days. Um, so as I mentioned before, I, I was programming um, and I was running spring breaks and tours and things like that with, with artists. And we were, we, I'm not going to name names, but I'm going, so we basically were. I'm going to guess. We were part of an extreme <laughs> sporting event where I was tasked to bring artists to this extreme sporting event that was going to be live on television. And I said, great, I'm in my 20s. They gave me a seven-figure budget to put this whole production together, and my job was to bring the artists. And I got some pretty big names, including chartering flights for them to come to the event. My one request was do not curse on stage because it is a live event, Okay. That's it. So now I'm on stage. I'm with some sponsors doing the thing that I do backstage. Somebody definitely fucked that up. <laughs> yeah. And so all of a sudden, this one act who happens to have the number one single right now on the rock charts at the moment is now on stage, and it's live. And the singer starts to proceed by saying, the producer of this event said... That I shouldn't curse on stage, but he didn't say that you couldn't. So if I say mother, what you you guys can say? And all of a sudden, as I'm talking to the sponsor who happened to be Best Buy, all of a sudden my head starts to turn around going, what is going on here? And all of a sudden I start to hear mother. So all of a sudden I go, shut it down, commercial break. So I shut it down. The drummer sees me saying this, throws his beer at me. Oh, hits me with this plastic cup and the beer and I'm drenched and I'm like, oh, no. So they walk into their green room and I walk in there soaked. And I said, can I introduce myself to you guys? I'm like, I'm the guy that brought you here. I put you on that plane. And I also have something in my back pocket, which is a check, a check for your performance here tonight. And I'm looking at the manager and I'm looking at them. and I go, I can just literally rip this up because you are in breach of contract. That suit guy that you're talking about is me and I'm wearing a Metallica t-shirt. <laughs> so I rip up the check and they're like, no way. And I'm like, I am not putting you on the air. Period. End. That group never again were they on that station because I don't want to just mention yeah. names. <laughs> and it was just one of those moments that there was this moment that the fact that he was thinking that he can get away with it. Yeah. That privilege. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Good for and then you. the yeah. drummer to mm -hmm. soak me with beer. I was like, y'all, I'm the suit, and I'm not wearing a suit. Good for you. 
Uh, and that was done. Good for you. But that again, that, first of all, somebody empowered you to make those decisions, which is which just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Right. The fact that you could rip up a check of a number one artist and say you're not coming back. That's right. That, that is not you're not empowered to do these things anymore. So good for you for being in that situation. Good for you for standing up and doing it. And I bet you it was better off because what, what I've learned about those people is those people are there to test boundaries and they will never be different. They're never going to be. And probably part of their success probably is that brand. So I'm not going to criticize them for it. But there are times, especially when contracts are involved, when they what, I've seen what riders with these people ask for their bands that ask for granola from a farm in Portland that has to be flown in by alpaca mm-hmm. and, and to <laughs> get to get to you. Right. so so yeah. if you're going to ask for these things the least you can do is acknowledge the request that I put right. in contract with mm-hmm. your check on the line and I, and I joke about it. it's a good segue contracts Man, if you don't know how to read, write, and look at a contract, it's, it sucks. It's Dude. the worst part of my job. I would never thought Dude. I'd read it. I'm looking over 22-page contracts, and they're meant to make your head spin, and they're made for lawyers to make more money because it's purposely vague. Oh, so it's just a but, – but, no. but again, at the same time, good for you for standing up to it. Good for you for knowing the contract. Good for you for being empowered to do it. And I definitely want to hear who the band was when we get off. So um, – yeah. All right, so so let, now we're gonna go over right. and then we come back. We're gonna just bounce around. Okay, so since we're gonna stay, I'm gonna stay in the music round, right? So I was I was running a pretty big company, and we were uh, at CES, oh, and favorite. so we had this my favorite huge like activation we were doing at CES, and we had spent the last like three months preparing for this like shooting all around the world we went to like 34 different countries and it was like this big beautiful installation and we had partnered with a popular singer who had the number one single at the time and um so i'm sitting in my hotel room in in la because i was i was in chicago and um i get a call from my producer and he's like yo have you seen the news and I said, no, man. He was like, I need you to just Google the artist's name. No. And I was like, okay. So now remember, the CES, like, we're like New Year's. like yeah. The right, yeah, right after. Right after, right? And so I Google the artist's name, and the first headline that pops up says, artist arrested <laughs> for allegedly having Teddy Pendergrass sex. Oh. And I'm like, what is Teddy Pendergrass sex? So Wait, now I'm Googling. Google, I need to Google right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm Googling. No, this is theater of the mind. Uh, yeah. I'm this Googling scenario for Teddy us. Pendergrass sex. <laughs> right? And now mind you, as you can imagine, my client was not American. And I, I look at Teddy Pendergrass sexes. And so Teddy Pendergrass is a famous R&B Oh, artist. love me some Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, that rasp, that voice is yeah. uh, it's amazing. I get the sex right? part because yeah. I have had Teddy Pendergrass sex with my mom. Yeah, that part I get. That's what I thought. He's telling baby-making songs. Oh, yeah. Literally, right? Oh, my God. So I was like, okay, so then what is this? So Teddy Pendergrass, you know, amazing artist, is in a wheelchair. And the reason why he's in a wheelchair was he got into a car accident. While he was driving, he hit a tree and it paralyzed him. You know, horrible story. But the reason why Teddy Pendergrass was in the situation was he was happened to be getting some things while he was driving from not who you would expect him to be getting it from. Interesting. Oh. Right? So now then 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 the next feed pops up and the artist is in the back of the cop car popping a selfie and posting it on Instagram. So then my my phone rings again, and it's an international number, and I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> so I pick it up, and it's 
client, and she's like, Brandon, have you seen the news? And I said, yes, I have. And she's like, no. <laughs> There's no way we can do it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You realize we just spent like $3 million just for this event, $5 million for the whole production. Right, but like I said, we went to like, like 20 some countries and we had like integrated in this the whole story and like biggest artist. CES is two days away. Oh, she was no. like, I know, I'm at the airport getting ready to get on my plane to fly to Vegas. And I was like, okay. So I talked her through it and I was like, it's alleged. You know, we can't believe like the news, like all the time. Like it's, it's paparazzi. It's, you know, and I promise you, it's it's probably like he was smoking weed. And so there's like, because he's an artist, you know how like tabloids, TMZ. And so I talked her off the ledge. She was like, okay, cool, great. I was like, turn the phone down, called my team, was like, we're good, super great. Yo, PR, we gotta like get this out. So then, no lie, five minutes later, my phone rings, my producer, have you seen the next post on Instagram? Oh my God, it keeps going. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, so, I'm getting, he's, so my producer's like, I think you need to talk to the account manager. And I was like, oh, now I got to talk to the suit. So then the account manager calls me. He's like, Brandon, we have a problem. Artist posted this picture and it was, he, the artist wears a bandana and it was like a trademark signature for this artist. And it was a cool bandana, like, but it was rolled up and no one knew what it was. And in this picture he posted, cause someone asked him like, what's your bandana? And he unflared it and he took the picture of it. The, the, it's a flag, and it's a flag of the imperial flag of Japan, the rising star, or the rising sun, right? So now my client calls and says, Brandon, have you seen the next picture? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And I was like, it's his bandana. He's like famous for it. And she was like, but do you know what that flag is? I said, I don't, I do, I know what it is, but I don't, please. And she said, how can I explain this to you, Brandon? That flag to us is like the Nazi flag yeah. to you. And I was like, pull them. Yeah. Pull them. But at first, what I tried to do is I said, first of all, really, I didn't say pull them like that fast. I said, I tried to talk to her and I said, hey, I guarantee you because I know the artist and the artist is like as loving, caring. Like, I promise you, he's all about tolerance. Like, how can we turn this like misfortune right. of not, the ignorance? Not, not back to back. Not two, no, not no, two no, no, next no. to each other. Exactly. But, but here was a chance for Brand to really stop and think because you have one of the biggest artists in the world who's about to be on stage for your brand and does something that we, as ignorance, and this is what we gotta understand as brands, when ignorance happens, we don't shut it down, we don't cancel it. What we do is we pour into, and I said, hey. Put context on it. I said, I guarantee you, so so I call the artist, and so I have like this phone and this phone, and I'm like, yo, did you know this? And he was like, I am mortified, I had no clue, I'll take it down right now. I said, listen what we could do right now. We're the biggest artist in tolerance. Didn't know something. Apologize. How can we do something with to it? Brand the, con- brand the conversation. <laughs> I have to. Yeah. Because literally, I'm like, if this does not work, I am screwed. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, something you mentioned earlier is bravery. Bravery goes both sides. Sometimes mm. it's when to stop. It is. And so that's what it was. When I, I could hear that she was so mad and she was so offended. And I was like, no matter what, right now, this is like, this is a healing thing that we can't heal right now. Yeah. We have to have this conversation. Yeah. And 
this is a great conversation because what I loved about it, it wasn't the normal conversation about intolerance. It was a Asian and black. You're not used to hearing that conversation no. of intolerance no. or not understanding and ignorance. And, mm. not, and I don't say ignorance in a bad way. He just didn't know. Right. Like. Yo, you gotta remember, this kid is not, he's, yeah. he didn't grow up in but New York got, on the got, Upper East Side. You gotta like, stop out ignorance fast. Because you, you don't know is an excuse one time. 100%. You don't get that excuse And that's twice. why I give the credit to the artist. Because as soon as he said, oh, I did not know, took it down and said, I'll never wear it again. And I was like, that's powerful. Unifying, yeah. Super powerful. And that's what I was trying to get the client to understand. I said, we don't have to do anything. I just need you to understand what you just did. You got one of the biggest stars in the world right now you had a moment with him and you shared your feelings with him. And then what he did is he listened and he took it in and he actually changed his actions. 100%. If we can do that as advertisers that's and people. That's, and, and, and on top of that, you did it in America where people probably don't even realize the context in which the insult was exactly. made. So here it's just look what happened. It we found that we brought it together. Exactly. That's, that's fantastic. And that was so even though we pulled him, it, the lawyers, it, Ton, it was ridiculous, whatever, rightfully so, whatever. Not even rightfully so, because it was just yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, that's why lawyers exist. But I understand so. there was a contract. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, for sure. Right? Makes it a breach of contract. Like, okay. But it was, for me in my career, it had nothing to do with what I put out in the world. It had that moment. Like, who can sit there and say that you were with one of the biggest brands in the world? Biggest artists With in the, the biggest artists in the world. Biggest showcase floor, the biggest CES. Show, really, for their brand. Yep. And have this conversation between the top and the talent and have this moment that no one will ever know about. They mm. understood, they saw the headline. Right. right. They didn't realize the outcome right. and the compassion you didn't build the, and the You look. didn't build a full PR campaign around it because exactly. then all of a sudden you're not altruist. You're not doing it for exactly. good. You're doing it for a brand message. Exactly. And so I said, I was like, you know what? I get it. I get it. But for that moment, if we strive to do that every day, it's not always about like, how do I just meet the bottom line? For how sure. do I? For sure. Because it, it cost me like, probably 10 years of my life to like figure out what are we going to do because the show must go on and you'll and you'll never know what value you provided to <laughs> that client i mean the tra never. trajectory was up but you never, never know what exactly. value never. but for you for the people and directly the involved and in the moment you might have changed more exactly. than people can ever get credit exactly. for i love it i'm gonna i'm gonna dumb this down because that was a very uh, <laughs> that was a very uh on a right, lot of levels so some crazy ones so there. my favorite part Come on. Uh, but that story was ces so i lived yes. in vegas oh, for seven years so what most people don't know is oh, ces yes. Is at the same time as AVNs, right. which is the oh, Adult yes. Video Network that, Awards. I think there's a reason so, why that. So, so you have uh, the biggest nerds in the world with the biggest porn followed stars. followed by all the porn, all stars the porn stars colliding on Vegas at the same which time. Which is amazing. So I grew up as a computer nerd. I am I a video this. games my whole life. I'm a big CS guy, but I am also a guy that's going to take my time at the AVNs. <laughs> right? So the best part, uh, besides getting, besides going to the trade shows, we were doing radio. So I had mics right? and I was interviewing all the porn stars. I was interviewing <laughs> CES. I was crossing. We were mi maxing everything yep. up, but the nightclubs when you go out and you see all the porn stars on the laps of the executives and the Koreans and Japanese. I mean, it's there is funny. nothing like it. It is my favorite thing in the world in Vegas so was when those trade shows came on. The other one was Cowboy Christmas. I am the furthest <laughs> thing, furthest thing. I don't, I don't know. I grew up in concrete. I don't know anything about grass. or yep. But when you see 10,000 cowboys right? come in selling their wares in Vegas, the parties that you it's see crazy. in Vegas. It's my crazy. my goodness gracious. It's crazy. Uh, it, is, it is a wonderful town, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for both of you. Um, I think this is great for Hot House. 
hopefully you get you get you get people moving because I think this city is in desperate need of some culture and some freshness, mm-hmm. but at the highest level. Yeah. We're from people who can execute and have the bandwidth and the power to execute. Because ideas, unfortunately, the best ideas don't always make their way to the public domain, uh, and we need to start fixing that. So uh, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. And you've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men. Talk to you all soon. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.